0: Thank you for tuning into the Blue Line Millennial Podcast. My name's Kevin, and I'll be your host. This is going to be a uh, a shorter episode. Uh, This is actually, this is technically episode five, and what's important about episode five is that for me to put this podcast on Spotify, I need to have five published episodes. Uh, So I was going to try and combine this all into one uh, of the last episodes, but I'm also trying to keep them uh, fairly bite-sized. So this episode is going to discuss the shooting in Atlanta. If you type in the letters AT into your search engine on your phone or your computer, like the third thing that shows up is Atlanta shooting. Obviously a hot button issue. Um, uh, For those of you who uh, maybe have your head under a rock or you just haven't been paying attention you shut the news off because you don't need a reason it's actually not a terrible idea um uh rayshard brooks uh was contacted at a wendy's um at the well here let's back up um phone call is placed into law enforcement in atlanta for a person asleep at the wheel okay fair enough I'm, i'm gonna give this uh scenario from my point of view as a police officer. Uh, Wendy's drive-thru, person asleep at the wheel. That's a fairly common call. When I was in training, when I was in field training, one of my DUI arrests uh, was in a Wendy's drive-thru. So it's not that hard for me to put myself in this, uh, at least the initial situation, the initial investigation. Um, Two police officers, uh, rather a patrol officer arrives on scene initially uh body camera's rolling the whole time you see him having to knock on the door knock on the door knock on the window in order to wake Mr. Brooks up um what i don't necessarily agree with uh is the video just shows the and it, again the video that that we i watched it twice now and, and it's there are certain things cut out of it um it's edited um I don't know if it's parts that they think are too long or parts that they think don't have any real uh they don't they don't offer any additional meaning. At any rate, the initial officer uh allows Mr. Brooks to or actually I think he directs him to park his vehicle, to pull out of the drive through lane and park his vehicle. Uh possibly just wanted to 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 keep the the business moving. Uh we had a, a Guy passed out behind the wheel at an In-N-Out drive-through, uh, and we boxed his car in. So, um, different different ways of doing things, I guess. Uh, and the reason we boxed the car in, again, I'm going to endeavor to try and explain things. Um, I, for f- almost four years now, uh, I, I've been talking to to cops about cop things. So, the reason we box the car in is we will go bumper to bumper. Our push bumpers, uh, basically touching. Uh, the vehicle, because when people wake up, they have a tendency, if their foot is on the brake, they have a tendency to mash on the gas pedal, Um, and we don't want them taking off into traffic, uh, a home, a business, uh, going, God forbid, like off into a canal somewhere, Uh, so we box the car in uh, front and back just to make sure the car doesn't go very far if somebody does wake up and their initial knee-jerk reaction is to smash on the gas pedal. So the initial contacting patrol officer directs Mr. Brooks to go and park in the parking lot. Uh, he does so. That initial officer uh, goes over, contacts Mr. Brooks, has just a pretty normal conversation with him, pretty much mirrored a lot of the conversations I've had with people. I'm not a DUI officer. Um, there are police officers who have developed a passion for for uh, conducting DUI investigations. I don't know that you're going to find a lot of people that dislike when you think about it objectively, I think we can all agree that you should not drink and drive. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Um, that you present a danger to yourself and everybody else when you, uh, consume, uh, alcoholic beverage or any other substance that impairs your ability to, uh, react quickly and to effectively operate a motor vehicle. Uh, the initial officer, uh, walks away from Mr. Brooks to go in contact what I I assume is a DUI uh, officer or uh, a patrol officer with more experience in conducting DUI investigations. A standardized field sobriety test takes place. Um, Generally speaking, that's going to be what's called the walk and turn. It's exactly what it sounds like. You walk down an invisible line, or if we're in a parking lot, you walk down a parking lot line, uh, you turn around and you walk back. Uh, And then the one leg stand again, exactly what it sounds like. Pick your favorite foot. Uh, hold that foot six inches off the ground and that's that's pretty much it you count inside your head count to 30 i think it's 30 um at the conclusion of the standardized field sobriety test the uh, dui officer we'll call him a dui officer just for the sake of assumption um asks mr brooks if he will use a, a preliminary breath test or pbt and it's that fun little yellow box with a straw in it hey Wrap your lips around the straw, make it like you're blowing up a balloon, keep going, keep going, keep going. You hear an audible click and a beep, and then you're done the PBT Red .108, if I recall from the video. Um, At that point, the officer says, Mr. Brooks, I think you've had too much to drink. Two officers go to detain him. Very standard. One might call run of the mill, and I think that's a problem. Uh, we do get complacent. The first legit fight that I was ever in was not with uh, a boxer or some Jean-Claude Van Damme-looking dude. Uh, The first foot pursuit that I was in was not with somebody who had just robbed a bank. Uh, We get these ideas in our head of, okay, this is just going to be like everything else, even though we go to training every year. We read the articles, we talk about it in briefing, don't get complacent, Um, but but we do. And I don't know that these officers were complacent, I don't know them, I've never been a police officer in the city of Atlanta, never been a police officer outside the state of Arizona. But their body language, what they said uh, during their investigation, is not any different than the way I would conduct a, a DUI investigation. They go to put handcuffs on him, his hands come behind his back, uh, Mr. Brooks then, uh, the video shows Mr. Brooks uh, engage in a, uh, a form of actively resisting arrest, um, trying to uh, pull his hands away from him, wrestle himself away from the officers, the officers do what cops do, they latch on, this guy's under arrest, now he's resisting arrest. Um, they end up on the ground where most fights end up. There's what what I initially thought was a taser getting, uh, like, thrown. That's actually the, p. as I watch the video, it's the PBT. It's a bright yellow PBT, pump, uh, preliminary breath test, that gets kind of thrown somewhere. Uh, I believe the initial responding officer brings out a taser, says, you're going to get tased, you're going to get tased, you're going to get tased, attempts to taser uh, Rayshard Brooks, Mr. Brooks wrestles uh, with that officer to get the taser away from him. Mr. Brooks gets the taser away from an officer, stands up. Uh, One officer attempts to fire a taser. um, Again, uh, another attempt at a a less lethal use of force. Mr. Brooks runs away. To me... It looks as though, I believe that's one of the, it's either a two or three shot taser. Uh, and to me, in that initial, the dash cam video, if you watch the, the video where they're closest to the dash cam, it appears as though a, the taser that uh, Rayshard Brooks has taken from the officer, it appears as though he fires it then. I'm not sure if that's the taser that, that he's taken is, uh, that's being shot or if that's, an officer that's shooting another taser cartridge. Um, I know that one of the two officers attempts to ta- uh, use a taser again. Rayshard runs. Uh, he turns around, points the taser at the pursuing officer, fires the taser at the pursuing officer, turns back around that officer who had the taser shot at him, draws his service uh, pistol, and uh, shoots Rayshard Brooks in the back. If you've never been tasered, it is the most excruciating pain of your life. Um, I was tasered long before I was a cop, um, and it was voluntary because I used to do stupid stuff. Um, there was a uh, like a show and tell thing, if you will, and they said, "Hey, any volunteers?" And my dumb ass stuck my hand up for five seconds. I could not control. Uh, My body, you can't really think of anything else other than, ow, this really hurts. You can't function. Uh, The the way a a taser works is that, uh, and I'm not a subject matter expert, um, it it sends a strong electrical current through the body, basically locks all your muscles up. Um, I know there's probably a whole bunch of fancy science words that I'm not using. Um, the more muscular you are, the more effective the taser is. Uh, tasers are not effective if you're wearing things like thick clothing. clothing excuse me. Um, the barbs are only, I don't know, a quarter inch, half inch long. And those have to make contact with your skin uh, in order to send the electrical tur- uh, current through your body. Uh, somebody that that I know had uh, posted something to their Instagram story said the only thing Rayshard Brooks was guilty of was sleeping in a parking lot. That's blatantly false. I don't know how the city of Atlanta conducts their DUI arrests. The way that my agency conducts it, uh, you don't even end up in a jail cell for the night. There's that whole thing about the drunk tank. We don't have it. Unless you're drunk driving with, uh, I believe it's minors under the age of 15, um, or or children in the car. Um, Generally speaking, if you make a terrible decision, you you make the choice to go out drink, and then you make the choice to get into a vehicle and drive, and you get caught drinking and driving, you're going to be hanging out with a cop for about three hours, and then you're going to go home. Again, I have no idea how the city of Atlanta conducts their DUI. Uh, arrests or processing I know that there's not just cops listening to this podcast here's the deal if somebody shoots me with a taser It's not beyond the realm of possibility for them to continue to hold that trigger down, continue to send an electrical current through my body, take my service weapon from me, and execute me in a parking lot. In my last episode, I had said that my reality is not your reality, and your reality is not my reality. One thing that I will ask people to do is just understand my words. It is not beyond the realm of possibility if I am being tasered and I have no control over my body for somebody who wants to kill me or do me harm to continue to hold down the taser trigger, which will send a continuous stream of electrical current through my body, preventing me from defending myself. They then take my service weapon out of its holster and kill me with it. There's a scenario presented in a lot of uh, interviews when you're applying for the job. You and your partner are chasing a uh, suspect down an alleyway. suspect draws a weapon from their waistband, points the gun behind them, blindly fires, striking and killing your partner. Or at the very least, striking your partner. What do you do? I failed my first interview. Uh, I had been an EMT at the time. I was focused on rendering first aid. So I said, I'm going to stop. I'm going to render first aid the way it was presented to me is that that individual has taken the time to shoot a police officer, they're probably not going to care about anybody else who gets in their way. We don't know that. But we don't know what would happen on either side of the coin. Most officers, um, rather all officers in the United States, should be judging their use of force off of a landmark Supreme Court case called uh, Graham v. Connor, To give you some background on it, um, Graham, a diabetic, uh, felt like he was uh, having an insulin reaction, um, I think low low insulin, um, goes to a convenience store, needs some orange juice, needs, needs to get that, that, that sugar uh, and, and right himself. We all know diabetics. We all know that that's a, a, a thing that happens to them. The uh, Outside this convenience store, Officer Connor watches uh, Mr. Graham hastily uh, enter the store, deems it to be suspicious, uh, comes uh, back out after only having been in the store for a short amount of time. Um, the, the line in the store was long. Officer Connor doesn't necessarily know that. Um, Officer Connor pulls over the car that Graham is in. Um, Graham gets out of the car, ran around the car two times, sits down on the curb, momentarily passes out. Um, Graham was, was handcuffed, um, put in the backseat of a police car. It It just kind of went downhill from there. Uh, Graham had suffered cuts on his wrist, uh, a bruised forehead, a broken bone in his foot. Uh, I believe there was a shoulder injury. Um, the, uh, it, was, it was a bad day. And so that case set the standard for how officers uh, justify use of force, the severity and type of crime. Whether the suspect poses an immediate threat to the safety of officers or others, that is, innocent bystanders. And whether that person is actively resisting arrest or attempting to evade arrest by flight. So let's look at at Atlanta. Severity of the crime initially was a DUI. It's a misdemeanor offense. Generally speaking, again, I don't know. Atlanta's under a different district court. Uh, and therein maybe lies an, a, a bigger issue at hand. You want to talk about criminal justice reform? Let's get everybody on the same page. Um, again, different story for a different day. He then proceeds to uh, resist arrest with uh, active aggression um, and, uh, by by fighting the officer's aggravated active aggression by obtaining a weapon. Um, a taser is defined as a CEW or a conducted electrical weapon as i've just stated twice just to make sure i hit that point home say taser is can be i will say a taser can be an incapacitating device the suspect is now armed with a device that can incapacitate an officer Uh, tasers nowadays will fire uh, two uh, if not three cartridges um, which are two sets of barbs Um, there's there's different lengths of of the wires Uh, some of them i think are 25 feet is the longest one you can get at any rate um does he now pose an immediate threat to the safety of officers Uh, yes he's armed with a conductor electrical weapon he fired the conducted electrical weapon at the officers is he actively resisting arrest yes he did actively resist arrest he got away from the two officers uh and did he attempt to evade arrest by flight yes he was fleeing The reality of that situation, the totality of the circumstances, is that that use of force was, in the eyes of Graham v. Connor, justified. I hear a lot of people say that, oh, well, I would have done it differently. Most of those people are not police officers. Most of those people telling me they would have done it differently have never been electrocuted with a taser. Um Somebody suggested a bowler wrap, uh, which is, there's a company making it, it's it's a like an ancient tool used to, it's got like two weights on the end of a, uh, each end of a, a rope, and it's used to trip somebody up, tie up their ankles. Um, sure, I've never used the bowler wrap, the videos that I've seen people are walking, not running, um, I, I honestly don't know, I did have an officer tell me, uh, well what if we driven in front of them so sure we can get in our vehicles go and chase them down you can set up a perimeter i'm sure the city of atlanta has a helicopter or can at least get a helicopter Um, get a perimeter set up uh, and do it that way yeah but here's the deal we're judging this now in hindsight hindsight's always crystal clear gram v connor um mentions reasonableness. It's not a precise definition. It's not a uh, dictionary definition, necessarily. Um, it, It states that the judge, the court, will judge the officer from the perspective of a reasonable officer on scene at the time, not with, quote, 2020 vision of hindsight, end quote. Does it suck that a man lost his life? Absolutely. I have never met one police officer that's like, man, I can't wait to kill somebody. I don't know that there's too many of those officers around. The gatekeepers of our police departments, the uh, the hiring staff, the academy recruit training officers, or RTOs, it's their job to weed those people out. Somebody in my academy class made a very hasty, uh, not not hasty, very inappropriate remark Um. Regarding use of force. And he was. Pretty much. Uh, within an. I don't know about an hour. Two hours. No maybe it was a day. I think it was the next day. He was relieved of his firearm. And he was fired right then and there. The fact of the matter is. His only crime. Was not that he was a person of color. His only crime. Was not sleeping in a parking lot. He was passed out. Due to intoxication. In a drive through At the conclusion of a DUI investigation. Right before he was going to be placed under arrest. Or as he was being placed under arrest. He made the decision. To fight police officers. Yeah. You can talk about. Adrenaline and the funny things it does to a person. The decision was made to wrestle a taser away from a police officer who was attempting to use a taser to gain compliance for a subject who was exhibiting active aggression. Probably within Atlanta PD's policy. Richard Brooks then made the decision to fire a taser at a weapon or fire a taser at an officer. Would he have kept running? Possibly. I've been told by somebody that he may have just been scared of everything that was going on. I don't doubt that. Somebody uh, posted up his, his arrest record. Um, they're looking at his arrest record. There uh, exists a possibility that had he been arrested for the DUI, and he may very well have gone to jail um, due to a probation violation. There are plenty of people who say that we should not be allowed to judge somebody by their arrest record. Those people are probably the same people that are looking at officers and every use of force complaint they've ever had. Judging the officer after the fact based on their record. There is no perfect solution to a situation. I wish there was. If you could make it so that I never had to draw a firearm ever again... I'd be right with you on that. The fact of the matter is there are people that are willing to do terrible things in order to avoid being arrested. We've seen it. We've seen people run from the cops, carjack a minivan with two kids in the back. Run from the cops, take a hostage. People get desperate. Does it make it any less of an unfortunate situation? Absolutely not. It is a tragedy. I would not judge the shooting in Atlanta under the same light as the murder of George Floyd. Is it understandable that people are angry about it? The shooting in Atlanta coming weeks after the murder of George Floyd? Absolutely. But it is not a one-to-one reference. So with that, we're going to close this, uh, this fifth episode out. Um, it's technically episode four, but if you include the intro, it's episode five. My goal is to have the interview portion set up within the next two weeks. That's the goal I'm setting for myself. I would uh, hope that each and every single one of you out there hold me to it. Somebody has to. The first guest on my podcast is going to be a good friend of mine named Marvis. Marvis and I have been planning uh, to have him on my podcast as my first guest. Since long before the murder of George Floyd, uh, Marvis happens to be a black officer. Um, Marvis has shown me the light. The fact of the matter is, uh, and, and we'll discuss this in our interview, I grew up a upper-middle-class white kid in Scottsdale, Arizona. And Orange County, California. I don't know what it's like to grow up in Atlanta. I don't know what it's like to grow up black. The goal of my podcast is to bring you stories and points of view from everybody. You're not going to agree with everything that's said. Some of you, if you're still listening to this podcast and about ready to chuck your phone out the window or come to my house and give me the what for and the why how, I would i rather you didn't do that um, with this episode. You're probably not going to like what I said. But again, the point of my podcast, the point of the Blue Line Millennial podcast, is to present different points of view and to present the point of view of a police officer. We shoot ourselves in a, in the foot. By We we talk about transparency, let's be transparent, let's have community-oriented policing, yet there are not very many officers out there that are just going to sit down and talk to you. Rather, there probably are, you might find them, coffee with a cop, ice cream with a cop, whatever social event is being held with the department. But with what's going on right now, with officers being ambushed in their vehicles... The officer in Las Vegas shot in the back of the head execution style on life support I think it's maybe a little understandable if cops are reluctant to sit down and talk with people for the past 15 days we've been told what pieces of crap we are I'm still here I'm still going to be talking to you because if I don't I think that I'd probably be doing a disservice I have the ability to do this, so why not? If you have any ideas on future podcast episodes, if you have any questions, blue line millennial at gmail.com. Blue Line Millennial is one word. At Blue Line Millennial on Facebook and Instagram. Shoot me a message uh with, with any questions that you might have. Understand that I'm not gonna read you the Riot Act. That's just not how I how I get part of the reason I've held off on publishing these two episodes is As I said in episode uh, three, uh, I've I've been angry and I've been exhausted, and it's probably not the right time to, probably wasn't the right time for me to talk. We're all adults. Those of you that are listening to this, uh, if you're not an adult, you should be. This is an explicit podcast, but it is what it is, parents' permission. Uh, We can have adult conversations. Just understand that we're not going to necessarily see things the same way. But we might be able to help clear some of the mud out of that, out of that water. might be able to, to help clean that window. Maybe you can see things from my point of view. Maybe I can see things from your point of view. You want to tackle systemic racism, it starts with a conversation. So let's do it together. This has been another episode of Blue Line Millennial. Stay safe. I'll see you on the road.